You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome back inside another episode of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Rosvoglu Report, and make sure to subscribe and rate the podcast if you haven't already on iTunes. And the Saints come out with a big-time division win over the Panthers without Michael Thomas, without Emmanuel Sanders. They were missing Teron Armstead for most of the game. And the offense, despite all those injuries, comes out and puts out maybe their best performance or at least their most uh, consistent performance of the 2020 regular season so far. And although there are concerns, especially on the defensive side of the football, and I will get to those later in the podcast, I want to start talking about, uh, start off this podcast talking about Drew Brees and the way he played. Uh, And there's been a lot of criticism of Drew Brees, both on and off the field in 2020. The last couple of weeks, we've heard a bunch of rumblings about, is he declined? Should the Saints go to Jameis Winston? And you saw in the Lions and the second half of the Chargers game, that Drew was starting to look like vintage Drew. The timing was there. The precision was there. And he, especially in the two-minute drill, looked as efficient as he's ever been. But we didn't see it for a complete game. That wasn't the case. We saw it here on Sunday with Drew with the way he played in the Panthers. He was fantastic from the, the get-go all the way to the finish line when they needed to get that first down to end the game. Drew finished 29 of 36 for 287 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and he also added a rushing touchdown at the goal line in the second quarter. He was nothing short of fantastic. He was absolutely incredible, and he also broke some interesting records along the way. He becomes the first quarterback ever in the history of the NFL, first quarterback ever to have 7,000 completions, and he also had his 52nd game-winning drive, which means he's only two behind Peyton Manning for the most ever in NFL history. And with the way this season's gone for the Saints, who knows? He might end up tying or even breaking that record during the season. And at this point, there's not a record that number nine does not own. But what I really want to talk about is the way that the media, especially the national media, has treated Drew Brees this season. It, it's been kind of weird. This Seems like his last season. Heck, if he continues to play like this, it might not be his last season. Who knows? But it seems like it's his last year. The Saints, regardless of their struggles, are a 4-2 and two football team. They are a, they are definitely trending up. They've won three straight. They're playing good football now, finally, at least on the offensive side. And yet we still have people throwing shade at Drew. It's constantly you know comparing him to Tom Brady, comparing him to other legends. And it seems like it's never enough for these people. And when I mean by these people, I mean like Michael David Smith from Pro Football Talk, Chad Forbes, Chris Sims from NBC, who you guys know how I already feel about Chris Sims. And what I don't understand is how come when Tom Brady does something great or if Aaron Rodgers does something great, we immediately are being told, you know, bow down to their feet, you know, completely worship them, talk about how they're the GOAT. If Drew Brees does something good, we don't even discuss it. We just throw it to the side. Uh, Even today, and I'll mention it right now, and I talked about it on Twitter, Tom Brady had a nice touchdown pass to Scotty Miller against the Raiders. I'm not taking anything away. It was a very nice touchdown pass. Michael David Smith from Pro, Pro, Football, uh, excuse me, Pro Football Talk tweets, oh, you know, Drew Brees can't make this throw. I mean, did you watch the game today? Like, where do you come out and, and put out one of these bullshit takes where it's, oh, he can't make that throw? How about you go back, watch the game, notice that he played great without Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, and then just keep your mouth shut. I don't understand why we have to take these shots at him when they're not warranted at all. I get when he's struggling. I get when he's saying stupid stuff to the media. I get that. But right now, I don't understand why you can't appreciate a legendary player's possible final season, especially when he's playing good football. I just will never understand it. Um, And the double standard that we have for legendary quarterbacks is it's just insane. When, When Drew does a good thing, No one talks about it, and it's not going to be talked about tomorrow. I can guarantee you that. But when TB12 does something, 
Everyone's just got to get down and completely start, for lack of a better word, blowing the guy and just giving him all the love and respect in the world. And I'm not for it. I can't stand it. And it's bullshit. And you guys definitely know how I feel about that. But let me switch topics here. I want to talk about some offensive playmakers that, that really made a nice impact for the Saints. I'm done talking about these Drew Brees critics for now. I'll probably address it before I end the show. But Marquez Callaway, Alvin Kamara, uh, Deontay Harris, those were the guys for the Saints today. And even Trey Con Smith, who had four catches, 54 yards. But I want to talk about Callaway and Deontay Harris. When people get injured, as you know, obviously you never want injuries, but it opens up the door for someone to seize that opportunity. And clearly, Callaway and Harris were ready for their moment. Callaway, eight catches for 75 yards. He was great at 10 targets. Shows you how much Drew Brees trusts the undrafted rookie from Tennessee. And although he did get banged up at the end of the game, he said he was feeling great. He's fine, which is obviously good to hear. So he should be good moving forward. And Deontay Harris, four catches for 46 yards in the touchdown. He had that clutch catch in the end zone to end the first half. Saints needed that. They didn't settle for three. That was a big swing there on the scoreboard. And then in the fourth quarter, Deontay Harris got it going and he was torching Eli Apple on these routes to the outside. He had a lot of what Nate Burleson likes to call toe drag swag. We saw that during the game. So you got to give Deontay Harris his credit. And then Kamara, the guy is seriously underpaid. You guys might think I'm joking. I am serious. If the Saints didn't pay Kamara before the start of the season, I cannot tell you how much they would pay him, have to pay him after the season ends. He's that good. 83 yards on the ground, 65 through the air. And what I really liked was the Saints didn't overuse him. They used him the way they normally do, 22 touches. They didn't give him too much work. Um, they gave him just the right amount of touches, uh, and he was fantastic. He had some plays like that third and 14 where it looked like he had nothing, and somehow he reaches out and gets the first down. He does stuff that no other running back can do. And I know it feels like the argument for who is the best running back always changes. It's a year-to-year thing. One year it was Zeke. One year it was Kamara. One year it was McCaffrey. I think without a doubt this season, it is Alvin Kamara. And I think if you don't think it's number 41, it's either you are a fan of someone like Derrick Henry or Christian McCaffrey and you're just being biased. But if you are just an unbiased fan, a casual fan, and you're just looking at this, who is the best running back in the league pound for pound right now? It's Alvin Kamara. What he's able to do as a receiver and runner It's just unmatched. A lot of people uh, need to pay attention to what this guy's doing. He's must-see television every time he steps on the field. And one more guy I want to give credit before I shift over to the defensive side of the ball was Latavius Murray. The guy runs hard. I know he doesn't put up eye-popping stats, but heck, you'll take uh, 47 rushing yards on 11 carries. A lot of hard runs there for him. He had another big one that was called back because of a penalty, but he ran hard. He looked like Mark Ingram 2.0 with the way he's running the football today. So I'm very pleased with the way the Saints attacked them, uh, the Panthers, on the ground. Now, it wasn't all good for the New Orleans Saints. I'd love to say it was all good and they looked fresh out of the bye, but look, there were some issues. And the main issue for the Saints team is giving up the big play. I don't know why they always do it. I don't know how it always happens, but it happens and it needs to get corrected. And it really all started with DJ Moore having a 74 yard touchdown in the first half, wide open. And everyone's like, oh, well, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. Marcus Williams bites the pump fake to the left side of the field, literally goes to defend a route that, by the way, is already covered, leaves the middle of the field wide open. DJ Moore just streaks down the side, uh, down the middle of the field and goes for a long score. Um, now, look, a great throw for, by Bridgewater. He hit the open man. He did what he had to do. But Marcus Williams, and I tweeted this out, and I'm going to keep saying it, we need to have a serious conversation about how bad of a football player he's been this year. And I am someone who... I have flip-flopped time from time what I think about Marcus Williams, um, but at the end of the day, I've always been one of those guys that says, hey, look, he's a talented football player. I like I like having him on the football team. I don't feel that way anymore. 
He has not stepped up at all this season. There are times where he looks lost. He's making mistakes that he shouldn't be making these mistakes anymore. He's in year four, guys. And not only is he in year four, he's in a contract year. If you're not going to play well in a contract year, when are you going to play well? This is the year where you got to make bank. I don't care if it's with the Saints. I don't care if it's with the Jets. I don't care who it's with. You have to ball out so you can get the bag at the end of the year, and he's not going to get it with the way that he's playing. And the fact that he fired his agent earlier this week probably goes to show that he's not getting the interest or offers or at least the value that he thinks he's worth. He's not going to be that valuable when he hits the open market, which is why he made the change. And mistakes like the one he made today are the reason why. You cannot be making rookie mistakes in year four. And more importantly, if you're going to make a mistake, you better have a big play. Marcus Williams has been useless this season for the New Orleans Saints, for lack of a better word. That is how he's played for them. I've gotten flashes from Lattimore at times to time. To time. We even have a pick six from Janoris Earl. I know it was week one, but he still made a play there. We have some flashes of decent play from Malcolm Jenkins from time to time. Marcus Williams, nothing. You, you can go back to the Chargers game. There were a couple of balls that Justin Herbert threw up for grabs. A good playmaking free safety comes down with the interception. Why is Marcus Williams not coming down with the interception? Why was Marcus Williams' best season as a rookie? Why is he getting constantly worse year after year after year? It makes zero sense. And maybe we could put this back to the Minnesota Miracle and say this is where everything just started going down. And maybe that's possible, but I don't understand it. I, I really cannot grasp grasp why this guy in year four is making silly mistakes. And he's making costly mistakes. Like These are the type of errors that if the Saints get far and it's late in the season and they need a big win, they can lose on Marcus Williams' inability to just stop making mistakes. Just stop. It's that simple. Um, and I don't know how much, more, uh, how much longer the Saints are going to be patient with him. I don't know because... He didn't just mess up on that. He whiffed on tackles. He whiffed on assignments. They only had one deep ball where I thought they actually covered it well. It was in the second half, and it was after the defense already got their ears chewed out by the coaching staff and by Malcolm Jenkins. That is not enough. And Marcus Williams is not the only guy that I want to get after on this show. C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I'm not calling him C.D. Deuce. He wants to get called C.D. Deuce. Fine. Start producing on the field. This guy did a lot of talking during the offseason, had that big thing about changing his name. Cool. What are you doing on the football field to help your team? Because right now, I don't see any of it. And I know it's hard to be negative after a win, and I'm not trying to be. I will talk about more positives later in this podcast. But Garner Johnson is not playing good football right now. And it is not easy to cover Robbie Anderson in the slot. I get that. But he got beat like a drum. He made a stupid mistake in the second half with an unnecessary roughness penalty that basically spotted the Panthers a free 15 yards, got them right into New Orleans territory. A huge mistake there. And he's just not playing good football. He's making mistakes on tackles. He's not taking good angles. The first drive of the game kind of set the tone for how Gardner Johnson was going to play this Sunday. He blitzes. Great design by Dennis Allen. I know you guys love to rip Dennis Allen. Great design. He attacks the inside shoulder of Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater slips out the back and basically goes and makes a great throw on the run to give the Panthers the first down. If he just doesn't let Teddy Bridgewater avoid that sack or just avoid getting out of the pocket, they're punting the football. And the Saints offense was really hot to start the game. Probably could have put them up 14-0 and, and got on a nice little run there. But instead, he whiffs on an easy play. Dennis Allen put him in, the, in a position to succeed and he didn't take advantage. We can blame the coaching staff all we want. The players need to execute. If the call is there, the players need to do their job. Garner Johnson's not doing his job, and Marcus Williams is not doing his job. I will tell you who did his job this uh, today, though, and he gets a lot of shit from people, including myself. Marshall Lattimore played good football. I know it's not going to come up in the stat line, but look, 
DJ Moore had 93 receiving yards. 74 of them were on that big play that Marcus Williams screwed up in coverage. How about Robbie Anderson? He had 74 receiving yards. A lot of that was on Gardner Johnson. I, I believe uh, Lattimore finished the game with not giving up more than like 20, 25 receiving yards. He was really good. He was tackling well. Really physical game from him. I was impressed with what I saw from Marshawn Lattimore. So if there's one bright spot in the secondary... It was number 23. I thought he played well in the divisional game. I thought he had to play well, and I think he will play well next week when he goes up against Allen Robinson, who you know is considered one of the better receivers. So he will definitely be motivated for that challenge. Now, before I get into your Twitter questions, there's one more thing I want to address on the defense, and this is almost a negative and positive thing at the same time. This Saints defense, the biggest issue for them is they're giving up big plays, and they're not making any big plays of their own. It is okay to be a defense that is hot and cold. Sometimes you have a big play, sometimes you don't. And I get that. I really do. There are times where you can have a defense that gives up a couple of big shots, but you know what? Maybe next time around you get a pick, or next time around you have a strip sack. Something like that to rejuvenate and get this team going. This Saints defense gives up a lot and does not take any back, and that is the problem. Um, On the flip side, though, and this is where I'm going to give them credit here, okay? The Chargers game and the game today today against the Panthers, the Saints defense needed to make a stop for the win, and they did it. And I will absolutely give them their credit for that. L- last time around, it was Marshawn Lattimore with the game-saving tackle. This time around, it was Marcus Davenport with basically a game-clinching sack on Teddy Bridgewater to make it 4th and 18 and really, really made the Panthers uh, put them in a tough spot. They had to go for that field goal attempt that somehow was almost good. Um, but it was definitely a-, a great stop at the end by the Saints defense. And the frustrating thing is, why can't you do that on a more consistent basis? That's my question. I'm happy they're making these stops when it matters most, but you need to be a more consistent unit if you're going to reach your ultimate goal, which is obviously to be a Super Bowl team. Now, before I wrap up this podcast, I want to get your questions in. I obviously told you guys, per usual, to put some on Twitter, and we'll talk about it. Um, and one of the first ones had to do with the secondary on a serious note. What player would make a difference for this defense? I don't think adding another DB would help that much. They just need to play better. I agree. Look, I think a lot of people are going to be panicking and saying the Saints need to make a splash at the deadline. They need to make a move. And I get it. You guys want them to be aggressive. And I I would love for the Saints to be aggressive. I understand it. But if nothing's out there, if a Harris from, you know, an Anthony Harris from Minnesota is not available, the Saints, at the end of the day, have the talent in the secondary. It's an execution thing. And I could point multiple times in the game where Dennis Allen, who, again, I'm not the biggest Dennis Allen fan, will make the right call and his players are letting him down. So you know what the Saints need? The Saints need their secondary to find their, you know, they need to just have a little bit of soul searching and realize, hey, this is not a 2015, 2016 defense where the talent isn't there. This isn't a secondary led by B.W. Webb. It's a secondary led by Marshawn Lattimore and Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams and Janoris Jenkins. These are not scrubs. So they got to stop playing like scrubs because these are talented football players. They just need to play better. So I do agree on that for sure. Um, another question, you guys, what would Dallas need to give up, uh, to get Jameis? Look, I don't think this is going to happen. I think Dallas is going to ride the Andy Dalton train. Obviously he probably isn't playing next week after taking a brutal shot to the head. Um, but I, I think if the Saints think there's a shot that Jameis could be the guy, I don't think there's anything that I would trade for because I don't know if you get anything better than the third. Now, look, if a team calls and says, Hey, we'll give you a second or we'll give you a third and a fifth for Jameis Winston, and you don't, you're not even sure that he's the guy, yeah, go for it, because I don't think he plays this year, and you probably, the only way he plays this year is if Drew gets hurt, God forbid, so I get it, um, but I don't think a trade like that's going to happen, I think, I, I, I doubt 
that we see a quarterback moved at the deadline, um, in my opinion. Do you think Marcus Callaway, uh, Marquez Callaway has surpassed Traquan when Sanders and Thomas are back? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I, I think it's crazy to say, but Callaway is just, he's so reliable over the middle of the field. Drew trusts him. I mean, 10 targets shows you a lot. And the kid is a tough runner. He gets the ball in his hands, and he makes a tough play every single time. He falls forward. Um, this is not a knock on Traquan. I think Traquan's been really good this year. But this Saints team, which we always said, wide receiver depth is an issue. If Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are both back healthy and at 100%, this is one of the better wide receiver corps in the league with Thomas, Sanders, Callaway, and Smith. And you also have a guy like Deontay Harris, who you know can step up when his number's called on. I like the Saints receiver group a lot. Um, and I think Callaway will absolutely be the number number three wide receiver, in my opinion, when the Saints are at full strength. What are we going to do about Marcus Williams? I don't know. I'm not even going to give you an answer uh, because I don't have one. I don't have one. I don't I don't know what they do with Marcus Williams. Do you bench him? Maybe. Um, but even then, if you bench him, is DJ Swearinger that much of a better option? I don't think he is a better option at all. Uh, maybe he's a safer option and he won't screw up as much. But I don't know. I think you have to have a couple of more games of faith in Marcus and hope he turns the corner. But right now it's looking ugly. So I really, I really don't have a, a legitimate answer for you. Where's the defense go from here? Look, the defense at the end of the day, if you're going to give up 24 points, that's not bad. It's how you give up the 24 points. It's the blown coverage. It's the lazy tackling. It's the mistakes and the penalties to get them into the red zone. That's my issue. 24 points is not that bad. In today's NFL, you give up 24, you absolutely live with it. But to give them up the way they give them up, I have a huge problem with that. So I think that's where the Saints definitely have to figure that out. Is Cam Jordan washed? Look, I think Cam Jordan, the reality is he's he would coming into this year not at 100%. He had surgery in the offseason that got, kind of got swept under the rug, and you're seeing it now. He does not have the burst that he once had. But I, I will probably give him another week or two before I say Cam is just not himself. He looked good against the Chargers. He didn't look good against the Panthers. I'll give him a week. We'll see what happens, but definitely not encouraging right now. When will Dennis Allen officially be on the hot seat? Look, I, I don't know. I mean, he, him and Peyton are close. Again, Dennis Allen is not the main issue here. His players are simply not executing. But if it continues where these defensive lapses happen happen in the secondary, I do wonder if poor Aaron Glenn, who I have no issue with Aaron Glenn, but a lot of fans do, I do wonder if something happens there. Uh, because the secondary is really not playing well at all, and that's definitely a concern. Will the Saints trade for a competent safety? Look, if the Vikings want to give up Harris or give up Smith, and I don't see it happening, but if they want to give up one of, one of those because they are in a rebuild and the Saints have good value, they, it's good value to get from them, I think you go for it because both are fantastic safeties. But other than that, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I would say this, though. I don't think that the Saints are keeping Marcus Williams this year, so it doesn't hurt to see if you can add a safety from now that maybe you keep on your football club for next season. So I definitely think it's worth looking at. But it really is, for me, I, I think it's a pipe dream that they get a big-time safety in there. Uh, how is Callaway's injury? Everyone said it, it, he's fine after the game. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he's a limited participant Wednesday's practice, and that will probably concern people. But it seems like he was just a little bit gimpy. Got, got. I don't know if it was just a, a bone bruise or he just thought it was worse than it was when it happened. But he seemed in good spirits during his press conference. He was smiling. He was happy about his performance. So I would say he's good for sure. Why uh, is a healthy AK? Uh, does he mean more to the team than Mike? I don't know. Look, I, I'll tell you what, man. I don't want to compare the two because Kamara is so valuable. But Michael Thomas is damn valuable too. And I, and the reason I say this is when. Alvin went. Alvin only missed two games last year, but Alvin was ineffective for so many games because of his injury. 
And Mike just continued to beat the drum and just nonstop 100 yards here, 100 yards there. He had 180 yards one game against the Bucks. He was just so lethal. I don't know if one's more valuable than the other, but I definitely will not sit here and say that Kamara is definitely more valuable than Michael Thomas because I've seen Michael Thomas at his best, and Michael Thomas at his best is too damn good. And him at his best, he needs to be double teamed. He needs all the defense's attention, and sometimes it's not enough because he's that good. So I don't really want to go into which one's better or which one's more valuable because I think both of them are such great players. I think Kamara is the best running back in the league right now. And when healthy, I think Michael Thomas is the best receiver in the league. So I think those two are at the top of their positions uh, respectively. But I don't know. I don't want to go into that because I really do think people are starting to forget how valuable Michael Thomas is. Remember, this passing game looked horrible weeks two and three until Sanders got rolling. And that's because they didn't have Michael Thomas. And when he's on the field, the, the priority for a defense is stopping number 13. Stopping 13, then can you stop 41? Obviously, you can't do both at the same time. It's too tough. But that's really what a defense tries to do, and I think it all starts with 13. So I'm not going to go and say that Kamara is more valuable or he means more to the team uh, because I've seen what Mike can do when Mike is healthy. And what Mike can do when he's healthy, not a lot of players can do, if any players can do. But that's going to do it for the Twitter questions here. Uh, now, before I wrap up the podcast, I just want to quickly talk about the state of the Saints. Like what, how do I feel about this team? And to be honest, it wasn't the prettiest of wins, But I feel so much better about this team today than I did last week, than I did two weeks ago, than I did three weeks ago, than I did week two. I feel so much better because this is a team that winning ugly is okay in the the National Football League, folks. The Saints are playing the Bears next week. The Bears have made a living this season off of winning ugly because at the end of the day, even if you put up 30, if you put up three, if you win the game, that's all that matters. It's going up one in the win column all that matters. So I'm very, very pleased with the performance that this team had. Um, Obviously, you want the defense to be better, but this Saints team, the mistakes that they're making, they can be corrected. They're not losing game. They're not making mistakes because they're not talented. They're making mistakes because they're they're just not executing. A guy's missing a tackle, or let's say for the offense, it's a sloppy holding call, or even the refs. The refs have a, a, a blatantly bad OPI call on Traquan Smith. The Saints... The pieces are there. This is not a team that is doomed. I, I think this is a team four and two that is two games over 500 and hasn't even come close to playing their best football. So I think for something like that, it's an encouraging sign and we'll see. But overall, I'm very pleased with the way this team played. Obviously, you want the defense to be better, but I think guys, when you play a divisional opponent without your two best receivers, without your left tackle, and you come out and you win this game and, and there were moments in this one where it looked like it could slip away. I think you have to be pleased. And real quick before I go, I want to give a shout-out to the 3,000 fans in the Superdome. I know it was only 3,000 of them, but it sounded like there were 30,000 of them. They were loud. They were on their feet. They were fantastic. A couple of Houdat chants during the game. It was incredible. Really happy to see and hear the fans in the Dome. Hopefully they get more of them later this season if, obviously, it's safe and there's no spike in New Orleans. But obviously, uh, it really depends on health uh, and the science with that one. But I am really, really happy to hear some fans in the Dome giving a Houdat chant late in the game but that's going to do it folks for this edition of the straight up Saints podcast i want to thank you as always for listening to the pod if you haven't already review and subscribe to it on itunes and let me know what you think about this episode let me know what you think about this saints win over the panthers are you pleased are you concerned are you cautiously optimistic about the future of this team how you feeling about that one but that's going to do it for this one guys thank you for listening enjoy the rest of your weekend and i hope you enjoy your victory monday